Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Well, darn, Stephen, that was an awful big sigh. Everything okay? No, not really. Well, tell me about it, fella. Well, you know how I'm always talking about how much I hate Batman? Well, sure. Well, here's the thing, and I've never admitted this to anyone before, so keep this between you and me, but it's all a lie. I love Batman. I love him more than anything in the world. Now, what's got you down, friend? Love is supposed to lift you up. I'm just sad because I finished reading like every single issue of every single Batman book and now I don't know what I'm going to read. Every single one? Yeah, every single one. Yes. So like Batman? Of course. Uh, Detective Comics? Yep. Batman Family? Yeah. Batman and the Outsiders? Mm -hmm. Batman Shadow of the Bat? Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. Yes. The Batman Chronicles. Yeah. Batman and Robin Adventures. Yeah. Batman Gotham Adventures. Yeah. Batman Beyond. Yes. Batman Beyond Unlimited. Yes. Batman Beyond Universe. Yes. Batman Gotham Knights. Yes. Batman Strikes. Batman Uh Confidential. Batman the Brave and the Bold. Yes. Batman Streets of Gotham. Yes. Batman and Robin. Yes. Batman and Robin Adventures. Yes. Batman Incorporated. Yes. Batman the Dark Knight. Yes. Batman Arkham Unhinged. Yes. Batman 66. Yes. Batman Superman. Yes. Batman Eternal. Yes. Batman and Robin Eternal? Yes. All-Star Batman? Yes. Well, dang, buddy. How about the new Nightwing? Nightwing? Yeah, the new Nightwing by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. Nightwing isn't Batman. Well, he's kind of like Batman. No, he isn't. Well, he's like Diet Batman or Batman Light. Don't matter. I hate Nightwing. Give it a try. I don't want to give it a try. Come on, friend. Do it for me. You'll like it. You promise? Cross my heart and all that. All right. But if there isn't a three-legged puppy in the book, I'm going to smack you with a hammer. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast with more issues than DC has Batman and Batman-related titles. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and today I want to talk about a new book. I tell you, I feel like we've been focusing a lot on Marvel Comics these past few weeks, Uh, quite a number of weeks actually, because I have been watching the WandaVision show and have been doing the WandaVision episodes based on the show, based on the episodes that I watched. And then I was doing even even the comic book talk. I was I was doing episodes on comics that were about Vision and Scarlet Witch and Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel. And I, I had a couple of others here and there that that wasn't a Marvel Comics episode, but we're about to launch into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And before we jump back into a whole bunch of Marvel stuff, I felt I needed to talk about DC. And I got just the greatest opportunity in the world to do that 
when the latest issue of Nightwing came out. Now, I will say this. I don't really like Nightwing. I've never gotten into Nightwing. I've never, he's not a character that I just didn't, you know, that I hated, that I avoided like the plague. I just, I just never felt like spending money on him. And frankly, even when I could get the books through Hoopla or through the DC Universe app or whatever, I just really did not feel like going out of my way to read a Nightwing book. There was nothing about the character that appealed to me. He did very much seem like a junior Batman who wasn't quite Batman. And I just, I don't know, he felt very bland to me. That's just my opinion. And then the announcement comes out that Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo, as of issue 78 of Nightwing, were going to be taking over the book and they were going to start their run on it. I don't know how long they're going to be on this book, but if you know me at all, if you've been listening to this podcast for, I don't know, any length of time, you probably have a good idea that I'm a huge Tom Taylor fan and that I love Bruno Redondo. And so when the announcement came out that they were going to be doing this book, I, I, I think I tweeted out at one point, well, great. Now it looks like I'm going to have to get a freaking Nightwing book, which I've never, I have never done in my entire life. I have never bought a Nightwing book. I just haven't. I just haven't been interested. But I knew that if anybody was going to make me or get me to enjoy a Nightwing book, it was going to be Tom Taylor. And you pair him up with Bruno Redondo and you just got some gold comics there. You've got a slice of fried gold, as they say. I don't know why I said that. That's stupid. Anyway, Tom Taylor is one of these guys that I'll tell you what, let's talk about the comic first and then we'll talk about um, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo and all that all that junk later. Let's talk about the book. So we'll get to the credits here in a moment because there's a scene that we have to get through before we get to the credits. But the book opens up in the past. Nightwing, who is Dick Grayson, if you're unaware, he was the first Robin. He was a member of the Flying Graysons, a, a trapeze act whose parents had died. And then Bruce Wayne took him in as his ward and trained him up to become Robin. And eventually he he grows up and he sets out on his own as Nightwing. Well, the book opens up when uh, it appears that Dick Grayson has just recently become Robin. We don't see Robin at all in this book. We what we see is is uh, three bullies picking on some kid. These are all teenagers. A girl comes up to stop the bullying. She turns out to be a young Barbara Gordon. This is the first time that Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson meet. We're getting the story narrated by Dick Grayson. And the first line is, I've always disliked bullies. And Dick Grayson comes up to stop this bullying. He's there. He he has come independently from Barbara Gordon. Again, they don't know each other. This is their first time meeting. He steps up to get the bullies to stop. And there's a really great line here. Bullies didn't really get to me personally. After Tony Zuko killed my parents, there wasn't much left that could hurt me. And let's face it, you need thick skin to go through life, named Dick. Wonderful, wonderful line. Anyway, he and Barbara stop these bullies. The police arrive. The bullies think that they can use the police to help their case because the the main bully, who they're all a couple years older than Dick and Barbara, but the main bully, after Dick bloodies his face and knocks out a couple of his teeth, the cops show up and this guy's like, cops, oh, you're in so much trouble. My dad owns the police. And Barbara Gordon is like, oh, you think they'll listen to you over me? And that's when we see behind her James Gordon, her father. So 
Dick is taken home to the Wayne Manor and he goes in. Bruce is away. Alfred is there to meet the cops. Dick goes in and immediately starts washing dishes. It's just there's just this really touching scene where Dick and Alfred start talking and Alfred basically tells him that he's glad that Dick Grayson steps up when somebody is in need. It's it's one thing to go out and fight for truth and justice in a cape and a mask, but it takes what Alfred says here, it takes a different hero to help without a mask. And I loved this whole opening. This whole opening here was was just the perfect way for this creative team to tell you who Dick Grayson is. And it's what I appreciate, I think, the most about Tom Taylor is he writes for the character. He has, of course, the, the, the story idea. He has a concept. He has a story he wants to tell. But the character for him seems to always come first. None of I don't think any of his stories would work if he wasn't writing for the character first and foremost, if I said that correctly at all. But let's run through the credits here. Tom Taylor is the writer. Bruno Redondo is the artist. Adriano Lucas is the colorist. Wes Abbott on letters. Ben Mears is the assistant editor. Jessica Chen is the editor. There is a variant cover by someone named Scan. And of course, Nightwing was created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. So this is the first issue of the run. Again, it's it's issues number 78, but this is Leaping Into the Light, part one. And there's this beautiful double page spread of, I mean, it's mostly just the, the, the cityscape. I mean, it's a very widescreen cinematic two page spread and very small is Nightwing in all black jumping off of, uh, like a, a crane scaffolding. It's, it's gorgeous. If you go to my website, justanotherfanboy.com. This is the image I use uh, as the image post. I always put up an image post for each episode. So we're in the present and we're in a town called Bloodhaven. And as Dick narrates, Bloodhaven doesn't have the madness of Gotham. It's just cruel. And we see, again, we're dealing with bullies. These look like uh, athletic college students, um, maybe high school students. They're all wearing letter jackets. They could be college letter jackets. They are chasing a three-legged puppy through the rain and they're kicking it because they think it's fun. Nightwing shows up and puts a stop to it, which again is another great character moment because it shows that the character of Nightwing, Dick Grayson, he's he it's it's not just enough for him to stand up for the little guy, to fight for truth and justice and put away the bad guys and go up against costumed crazed villains and all that. He's willing to get down there and literally protect a little puppy from four regular dudes who are drunk and seem to get off on torturing small animals. Well, he, of course, beats him up, which why wouldn't you? And once they've run away, he takes off his glove. He kneels down. He crouches down and holds his hand out, offers his hand to the puppy to sniff, to get his scent. And the puppy bites him. Uh, he doesn't blame the puppy for that. Of course, the puppy's going to bite him. You know, look at what it's gone through already. But he, he picks the puppy up and swings off into the night, takes the puppy to the vet. He says, right, vet for you, doctor for me. Then we get a scene with a character by the name of Blockbuster. He apparently is the kingpin of Bloodhaven. He runs organized crime, I'm assuming. He, he is there with the police commissioner, who apparently is in his pocket. He is there to meet the mayor, and along with the mayor, 
is the president of the city council. Well, Blockbuster is explaining to them that a number of his operations have stagnated. The mayor asks him, what do you expect me to do? And Blockbuster basically tells him, I, you're, you know what? You're here just so I could make an example of you so people understand that I'm the boss. And he kills him. And he does it by just basically crushing his head. Blockbuster is a very large, muscular man. He's balding on top, but he's got long hair. It's like he's got a bald mullet, basically. And we know he crushes this guy's head. We don't see it. They don't show it on camera or in panel, as it were. But you hear a large crack and then Blockbuster's hand, which is big enough to basically, it engulfs the dude's head and it is now covered in blood. And he tells the city council president, whose name is Melinda, he tells her that you're next in line. You are now the mayor. And he refers to her as Mayor Zuko. So this is Melinda Zuko. Now, again, I don't know a lot about Nightwing. Never read Nightwing. Don't really know a lot about his backstory. I know a bit about Robin when he was the Robin because I did read a number of Batman titles for a while. And I know, and they even mentioned it there at the beginning of the book, Dick Grayson's parents were murdered by someone named Zuko. So we go back to Dick Grayson. He's now in his civilian attire. He is coming back from visiting the vet and the doctor. He's got the puppy in a little like animal carrying case. And there's a great line here, six stitches and a vet bill that hurts more than the bite, which if you've ever owned an animal and you've had to take it to the vet, yeah, they're expensive. Veterinarian bills are crazy freaking expensive. So he's coming back to his apartment. He owns the entire apartment block. He mentions that he bought it years ago when he had the Bruce Wayne money at his disposal. But that money is long gone. It tells us we need to see Batman 101 for where the money went. I'm not going to read Batman 101, but obviously Bruce Wayne lost his fortune, I'm assuming. So, of course, Dick is kind of wondering to himself what he's going to do because he doesn't want to. Well, it says, I don't even want to think about putting the rent up. I'm assuming he means that he owns the whole apartment block and then he rents out apartments to people and he doesn't want to raise their rent. That's what I'm assuming it means. I do recall listening to an episode of the comic book Savant in which he did, I think he did an entire episode about Nightwing. And he does talk about this apartment block, about how Dick Grayson bought this apartment block and he did a lot of modifications. So there are a lot of secret rooms and whatnot, and he can get in and out easily. And so I'm assuming, though, that there are people that I don't think he... He just has control of the entire apartment block. I'm assuming based on that comment that he rents apartments out. I don't know. It doesn't really come into play, but he realizes before he approaches the building that there's somebody in his apartment. So he quickly changes into Nightwing, bursts in through an open window, which is about four or five stories up, and is immediately taken out by Barbara Gordon. Barbara, again, she's Commissioner Gordon's daughter. She was Batgirl for a while. The Joker shot her. She lost the use of her legs. She became Oracle and was, she was in a wheelchair. She called herself Oracle. She became like a computer genius. And she was kind of there to provide all the intel for Batman and Nightwing and, and, and a lot of the superheroes. But she eventually got the use of her legs back and now she is Batgirl again. So she's there to tell Dick. We, we learn here that Alfred has recently passed away and she became the executor of his will back when she was Oracle. And 
Dick was not at the reading of the will because, as he puts it, he was someone else at the time. I don't really know what that means. I feel like I read an article at one point that I know I read something where Dick got shot in the head at some point, I guess, during Tom King's run. And I guess when he he survived and became somebody named Rick, I feel like I read this whole thing online where like Dan Didio or somebody didn't want him to be called Dick anymore. And so they were they they just tried this whole thing to change him into someone named Rick. But that apparently did not seem to stick. We also learn here when she tells him what Alfred left him, that Alfred was a billionaire himself. He was given uh, a large amount of Wayne industry stock. He was given what he says in a letter to Dick, a ludicrous amount of wealth that he had no need for. So he invested it wisely. And He was a billionaire by the time he died, and he left it all to Dick, not because he wants Dick to be a billionaire, because he knows that Dick will know what to do with the money. Dick will know how to use the money to help people. It's actually a very touching scene as Dick is sitting out on the fire escape with Barbara and the three-legged dog, who he says is going to go to a shelter, but Barbara's like, no, he's not. You're you're so going to keep this freaking dog. There's also, we can see a couple of people hanging out on a rooftop across the way. I don't know if that's just ambiance or if we're going to find out that they were spying on Dick at some point. I don't know. But again, it's a real touching scene. And the letter ends with Alfred telling Dick that he is very proud to, to call him his son, which is really nice. We shift from there to Upper Bloodhaven. Melinda Zuko, the new... Mayor of Bloodhaven has returned home. There's a woman there, um, a black woman who is bald, who is waiting for her, wanted to know how the meeting went. I'm not sure. I I just recently read the Under the Red Hood storyline in Batman when um, Jason, Jason Todd comes back to life, quote unquote, comes back to life. And there was a woman in that book who was... She was black and she was bald and she was a crime fighter and she was like the only one. She used to be like a member of the League of Assassins or something. And she was the only one that Batman allowed to fight crime in Gotham. And I don't know if that's who this is or not. I don't I, I don't know. Um, They don't say I'm just guessing. I don't remember what her name was. She only showed up, I think, in one issue of that entire run. But. She asks Melinda how the meeting went. Melinda tells her that she's the mayor now. And this woman's like, are you ready for this? And Melinda says, I am. And she goes, well, what about Dick Grayson? Melinda says, I'm not ready for him yet. And this woman says, you can't wait too long. You may not get another chance. And Melinda is looking at a picture, a poster of the flying Graysons. And she has drawn a circle around Dick's face. He's just a little boy. And she says, I know soon. And that's the end of the issue. So What the flip does that mean? She's a Zuko. Somebody named Zuko killed Dick's parents. Is she there to kill Dick? Is she there to finish the job? Or does she feel guilty about it? It's not like she drew an X through his face or, or, uh, cut out his, his, his eyes on the poster or anything. So I don't, I don't know. We're, I'm, I'm certain we're led to believe that she is needing to deal with Dick Grayson, um, and that her motives are sinister. But I, I guess we'll find out. There's, there's there's nothing that tells us that necessarily that is the case. But I just want to say this was a phenomenal first issue for their run. It did everything it needed to do. It set up it 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 
told you exactly who Dick Grayson was. It sets up a possible villain for him in both Blockbuster and this Melinda Zuko. And he gets a three-legged little puppy dog who's terribly cute. And now, of course, he has this motivation of figuring out what he's going to do with this money, how he's going to make things better for people using all this money. The art was just phenomenally beautiful. Bruno Redondo has this. It's like it's a very classic style. It's a very traditional style, but it's it's a level above um, what a lot of artists are doing. It's just he uh, I don't really know how to describe it. It's like I said, it's it's a it's a very traditional look, yet um, much more beyond that. It's not a I guess what I'm saying is it's not a uh, stylized. He doesn't have a, a stylized kind of look. He's not a Todd McFarland or a Humberto Ramos or, you know, a Scotty Young or somebody like that. He's just he draws traditionally and he draws beautifully. And I don't feel like there is one wasted panel in this entire book. And the colors, the colors are beautiful. I don't often really pay a lot of attention to colors in a book. And I think that's because a lot of times the colors um, enhance the books in such a way that you you really shouldn't notice them unless they kind of go above and beyond to really give you a certain type of palette. And this this is really kind of a purpley orange kind of book like Sunset or um, Sunset Over the City. That's that's really the only way I can put it. And that's kind of what that opening two page splash pages. It's uh, the sun setting in the city and Dick jumping from this scaffolding from this crane. And it's just, it's all purple and orange and it's just gorgeous. It's, it is a beautiful looking book. And I love, again, I love the way Tom Taylor writes. He writes for the character. He is a character writer. He makes you care about these characters. And all that does for the story is enhance the story even more. He, uh, I mean, it's obvious that he, he, he is kind of a big concept guy. I mean, look at deceased on the surface. It's zombies in the DC world, but it's more than that because it's almost like he sat down and he said, okay, how would Superman specifically react to a zombie apocalypse? He's got family. He's got a wife. He's got a child. How would he handle that? And he thinks all that kind of stuff through. How would Batman handle it? You know, Superman's going to handle it one way. Batman's going to handle it another way. Green Arrow is going to handle it even a a different way. And he's just very good about getting into uh, the core of who these characters are and making them feel real. And that's what I love about him so much is just the way he makes you feel like these characters are real people. I I started reading his... um, well, the first thing I ever read from him were the Injustice books. And I read those because somebody kept pestering me to read them. And I didn't think I'd like them because they're based on a video game and whatever. And I started reading them and I, I really started to enjoy them. And it's because of the way he writes them. It's because of the, the the way he writes the characters and makes you care about the characters. Then I started reading his Suicide Squad. And I don't even think I realized who who it was at that point. I wasn't... I hadn't read Injustice and went, okay, I got to start paying attention to this Tom Taylor guy. But I had, I had been reading articles about this new Suicide Squad run that was coming up at the time. And I remember seeing preview art to it and Bruno Redondo was the artist on it. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is just beautiful looking art. And it, the, the previews were highlighting the new characters. So 
I've never been a Suicide Squad guy either, but here was my chance to get in on the ground floor of a book with brand new characters, and I'm reading this book, and I'm falling in love with it, and then I realize, holy crap, this is the guy that did Injustice, and that's why I read Deceased, and that book is so good, and all the books surrounding Deceased that he has written are just excellent. Um, he's got a creator-owned book called Seven Secrets, which is wonderful. He is one of my top five, if not maybe top three favorite writers of all time at this point. And Bruno Redondo is up there in my top 10, top five artists as well. This is a wonderful book. Again, never, never spent money on Nightwing. Never read Nightwing for free. I tried, I actually tried to get into Nightwing at one point um, with some free trades through Hoopla. And I didn't get very far into the first trade. I just didn't care. I didn't care about the character. And uh, now I do. Tom Taylor has made me care about this character. He's made me interested enough in this first issue that I want to move forward. And I made a joke there at the beginning of the episode that Nightwing is like Diet Batman or Batman Light. Nightwing, because I, I have run across him in other books, you know, it's not you can't avoid Nightwing. If you're going to read a Batman book, you're you're going to come across Nightwing eventually. And to me, he's always been he's he's Batman, but with a heart. I guess you could say he is he's always been the the heart of the whole Batman family. He is uh I don't know. I just don't know why I haven't been reading stuff about him before. It he just seems like the reasons all the reasons I don't like Batman are what makes Nightwing Nightwing, I guess you could say. I'm not really quite sure how I want to explain it, but this is one of those books. I don't like to recommend books to folks, to be honest with you, uh, because I don't want to, I don't like to tell people go out and buy this book and then have them spend money that maybe they can't afford on a book that they end up not liking. But this is one I would recommend. This was a A plus 100% first class opening issue to what is probably going to be an excellent run. I hope these two are on this book for a long time because I'm there with them all the way. But until then, that's the end of the episode, folks. That was Nightwing, issue number 78. Loved it. How, did you read it? What'd you think? Let me know. Until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 